Welcome to Harvest Mission Community Church. You are listening to one of our sermons. I'm really thankful for all of you to to come and really worship together. And I'm looking forward to, I I just want to share briefly from the Word, and we're going to look at Hebrews 12. Um, So you can turn your Bibles to Hebrews 12. Um, I think follow along on the notes on the mobile app too. But uh, really, you're here and we're here. Not just because, you know, we got to do another church gathering or, or because, like, this is part of our Christian duty, you know. Um, but really, we're here because we want to encounter God. And uh, we don't have many opportunities to do that. We only have encounters, you know, really it's like once a month or once every other month. And these are the, the, the once in a while gatherings we get to come together as a whole church. And I know Sundays we do that and we come hear the word and we worship. But to be able to have extended time. Just to be able to come before God and say, God, I, I want you. I want to meet you. And I'm really hoping that we have, and we're going to have some space to do that tonight. And, and it's not just business as usual. I hope that you don't, you're not just coming in and just saying, okay, we're going to do another, like, Jesus thing, and we're going to study the Bible again, and we're going to do some prayer, and then we're going to go and say hallelujah, and then, you know, move on with our lives. But I'm hoping and I'm praying that some of us who are coming in with some level of faith, Saying, you know what, God, you're like this time, this time of prayer, this time of meeting you is going to be exactly what I need to really overcome or break through in some of the struggles or strongholds that I'm wrestling through right now. Or it's going to be that breakthrough through the, the difficulties I'm having with the fast. Cause man, I just haven't heard you yet. You know, and I'm praying that these couple hours that we're dedicating to spend with God are going to be just that. And so today in Hebrews 12, uh, uh, 1 to 11, I'm going to be, ta- be talking about uh, just three things, three things in this really short phrase. We're going to be looking at how we can finish the fast well with the last six days with the half of the fast gone by. And the way that we're going to do that is by faith, looking to Jesus with God our Father. Okay, we're going to be doing it by faith. Looking to Jesus with God our Father. Turn to your neighbor and say, By faith, looking to Jesus with God our Father. Okay, you have no idea. You have no idea what that means right now, but hopefully, um, after I share a little bit, you'll understand. So, turn, hopefully, you've turned to Hebrews 12, 1 to 11 by now. And I'm going to start. Uh, just by sharing by faith. What does it mean uh, to really go through the fast by faith? So let's just read verse number 1. Verse 1 in Hebrews 12. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Hebrews 12, for, for some of us, um, like, when we think of Hebrews 12, nothing really comes up to mind because it's not one of those, like, famous passages. We usually think of Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is, like, one of those passages you hear all the time. And it's, you know, because it's, it's all about what? It's all about faith. It's the hall of faith. And for some of us, we grew up in church hearing about Hebrews 11, right? We, we grew up hearing that verse, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the convictions of things not seen. Or those of us who've been on missions, Hebrew 11.6 is what? 
And without faith is what? Impossible to please him. For whoever believes in him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. All right, let's give him a hand. Okay. If you go on missions, you'll memorize that verse. Well, Hebrews 11 is all about faith. And, and it's one of the few places in the Bible that actually defines faith. And not only does it define faith, it talks about all these people in the Bible that had great faith. That's why it's oftentimes called the Hall of Faith. And so it's in this context, Hebrews 11, the Hall of Faith of all these people that had amazing faith, that we now look into Hebrews 12, this first verse. And we notice that in this first verse it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, there he's referring to in Hebrews 11 all those amazing people who did all these amazing things by faith. And I know like sometimes when we look at that verse uh, the, or that chapter, when we look at people like Abraham, like Moses, like uh, David, like all these people are like, oh man, that's like discouraging. You know, I can't. I, like fasting makes me feel like I'm even worse like than I am because when I think about all these people of faith like I, I'm nothing like that and so then what does it look like to be going by faith and so the key word that I want to bring out in this phrase in this verse here is, is actually a, a word that you probably you wouldn't expect the key word in this phrase is the word also everyone say also also, also. Be- okay, <laughs> repeat it a second time. Why? Why is it also? Because it says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also. Let us also. It doesn't say let us lay aside every way. It says let us also lay aside every way. Why does the author say also? It's because he's saying that not only are we to lay aside every way, not only are we the ones who are laying aside every way, but it was also that great cloud of witnesses that had to lay aside every weight and every sin that clings so closely. It wasn't those people who were so great. It's not like faith was so easy for them. It wasn't like it was a walk in the park. They had to deal with so many things that held them down, that made them go through different things. We're we're not alone in our sin. We think about all those people. Think about in, in Hebrews, you don't have to look at it, right? But there are a couple people, Abraham, and we think he's like this amazing person who is considered faithful to God. What did he do? He, he lied to kings that his wife was his sister. Sarah, what did she do? She laughed at God. Jacob, what did he do? He stole his brother's blessings. Joseph, what did he do? He exalted himself over his brothers. He was proud. Moses, he's this great guy. What did he do? He killed a guy. He was a murderer. Samson, he's also listed there. What did he do? He lusted after women. And then King David, who's in there as well, what did he do? He did all of those things. He, he, he committed adultery, he murdered, he lied, he did all of those things, right? And these are the people who are considered legends of faith. And, and so when we think about like laying aside every way, we're like, you know, how, how is that possible? But we see that these people who are considered so great, they did it. And it, and the faith that they had wasn't like, how everything was so easy and they did everything perfectly, but it was in spite of their sins, in spite of their shortcomings, they were able to lay those things aside. My question is, what are the weights or sins that are holding us back 
day to day? What are the things that hold us down? And, and, and this, this whole concept of holding, being held down, you know, I know it's abstract. Um, and, and I was like, some of you like carry tons of baggage around with you. Like some of you are like Doraemon, you know, like you, you have like unlimited things in your bag and you carry it around and you don't use like 99% of those things. Like, uh, like guys, you carry around these like humongous backpacks. Like ladies, you carry around like, like these giant tote bags. You know, and then you're like, you have everything in there, and like, whenever you try to find something, it takes you like 10 minutes to find what, it, what you want. You know, but like, think about, you know, those times where you just go out without anything. They feel so free, right? You feel so free. And, and like, you kind of zoom around the MTR, and you're like, battling the crowds in Hong Kong, and you're like, going really, really fast, and you beat everyone else. It feels so amazing because you can go really fast. It's kind of like that. Like, I think some of us, like, we carry around a lot of unnecessary baggage that weighs us down, that prevents us from really having and living by faith. And what are those things that are really hindering you? I mean, for the fast, like, many of us, maybe we failed already. Some of us, like, we already, like, ate that chocolate we weren't supposed to, or, like, ate that meat. And we're like, oh, I didn't know that meat was in that stir-fry dish. And I broke my fast. Oh, no, like, I'm a sinner, you know? Or some of us, like, uh, it's been so hard and we're just hungry and our attitude has been so bad. And, like, we're just like, why am I always hangry, you know? Like, I'm constantly frustrated and the way I'm treating my colleagues, my classmates is so poor. Or, or, or some of us, we just feel far from God. You know, we're like, God, I thought fasting was supposed to be, bring me closer to you, but I feel farther from you. I, I, feel, I feel like I'm wasting my time. I feel like, you know, all those people who warn me not about just starving myself. I feel like I'm starving myself because I'm not actually spending the time in prayer and I keep failing and I keep messing up. I mean, there, there are other, so many other ways that there are different sins or ways that are holding us up. Some of us, we, we realize that our desires are so great. Some of us were realizing, like, wow, I want that so bad, and, like, no matter how hard it, I, like, I don't want to give it up. I, I just cannot. Like, it's not just food. It's my future. It's my relationships. It's, it's my desires. I just can't give it up. Like, that fear of people, those, those strongholds that I have, that, that fear of people-pleasing or that fear of performance or all those things, God, I just cannot. Or some of us, it's even that jadedness of some of us who've done this fast before. Or maybe it's like quite easy for us. And we're like, well, it's about the same thing. I've done it before. God doesn't really speak to me, so I guess I'll just get through it. And there's so, like, for whatever camp, whatever situation, maybe there's something that is going on that I didn't list out or share. But there are different things that are really holding us back from being able to see by faith what God wants to reveal to us, what God wants us to experience. And the question is like, how did all those people of old in chapter 11, how did they all succeed? How did they, how did they do all the things that they did? How did they go through the challenges and the struggles? How did they throw off the weights and the sin? Because that's what it's telling us to do. Well, we find the clue in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, 1. It says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the convictions of things not seen. That's how. It's by faith. It's not because they saw everything. It's not because they felt everything in that moment. 
It's not because they had the answer. It's not because they knew exactly what to do. It's not because they were able to get over their desires or somehow like overcome their, their strongholds in that moment exactly. But somehow they were able to say, you know what? I'm not going to look at the current circumstance, at the current issues that I'm struggling with. And I'm going to have faith, which is I'm going to be, be confident even though I don't see it. And I'm going to believe even though like it's, it's not in my grasp. And how do we actually exercise this faith? The other key word in verse 1 is the word run. Is the word run. He says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We don't see things. And we don't know exactly what it's going to look like. But the command is to run. And I know some of us, like, we're in that position where we're just, like, ready to give up, throw ourselves a pity party. Saul can be like, oh, I'm just going to drag my feet through the rest of this fast and just can't wait till I get over it. Six days and counting. I can't wait until Thursday evening sundown. Like, I'm just going to pig out, eat, I don't know, hot pot or paisanos or, I don't know, I was just passing paisanos on my way in, right? It, was like, it sounded really, really good, you know? And so that's all we could think about. But the author's encouragement is to run. So do something about it. Don't sit there. Don't just stand. Don't just, don't just throw yourself a pity party. Do something. Run. There's a difference between someone who's sitting there throwing themselves a pity party versus someone who's really repenting. To say, God, I want to I wanna, I wanna turn around. I want to run toward you. Even though if I don't know exactly what it looks like, how it's all going to work out, I want to run toward you. That's repentance. It's the difference between worldly sorrow and godly sorrow. It's the difference between someone who, who just sits there and, and gives up because I'm done fasting and I don't know what to do and I, I just can't do it anymore versus like saying, you know what, I'm going to recommit to it. It's the difference between someone who's like, you know what, my fast is too easy and I'm just going to get over, over with these next couple of days versus, you know what, I'm going to modify it because I want to seek God more. The difference between someone who like has pray, I feel like, God, I've been praying for the last four or five days and I haven't heard anything. And saying, you know what? God, I'm going to continue praying. I'm going to continue asking. I'm going to continue enduring. It's the difference between saying, you know what, God? There are all these problems I have. I just want to run away from it. Versus, you know what, God? I want to deal with it. I want to talk to that person. I want to step out in faith. Let's do things by faith instead of by circumstance, by what we see. The question is, we're going we're gonna to run, but how do we run? How do we know where we're going? That's the second thing. So not only by faith, but looking to Jesus, looking to Jesus. Let's continue and read verses 2 to 4. It says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. So there's this command to run. And I don't know how many of you are like runners here, uh, whether you're like sprinters or cross-country runners. Most of us are like not nodding our heads, so no one really runs here, I guess. Um, <clears throat> but if you run, or let's just, let's just say if you walk, right? Like if you're walking, like... You cannot walk or run 
and look in a direction that is in the opposite of where you're running to. Like, what's going to happen if you do that? Actually, most of, many of us, we do this, right, with our phones. Like, what do we do? We walk around all day just like this, and like somehow, you know, peripheral vision, you kind of navigate. But at least your, your head still has to be pointing forward, right? Like, you can't be like looking this way and then walking the other way. You're going to run into someone. You know, and so when, when the author, he says, looking to Jesus, he's giving us a direction for where we ought to run. He's giving us a, a compass. And he says the same thing, that, that, that phrase, looking to Jesus, he uses in that, that same theme or that same idea is in the first couple words in verse 3, he says, consider him. Consider him. In the New Living Translation, that word, that phrase is translated as think of. In the Amplified, it says, meditate on. So when you're looking to Jesus, when you're thinking about him, it's not just like, okay, he's there and just gonna, I'm gonna think about other things and, and as long as I'm going that direction, I can do other things. And I'm just gonna look at my phone or, you know, be on the MTR, things like that. No, it's make that the pinnacle of everything that is in your mind. Meditate on it. Repeat it. Think about it over and over and over again. Like, I, I'm not, I don't really, I'm not a, a guy who really likes, like, museums. Because, you know, when you go there, you walk around and you see some of this, like, really abstract art. Like, when I look through it, I'm just kind of, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, and moving on, right? But then the other people, they're like, hmm, wow, like, such an amazing red box. Like, how did you come up with that? You know, I'm like, it's a red box. Like, what's so big, you know, big deal about that? But, you know, for people who are meditating on it, they, they see so much meaning and, and purpose in it. And I feel like we need to somehow channel our inner museum junkies, like, in some ways to be able to say, you know what, I want to meditate on, on Jesus more than anything else. And he gives us some descriptions of what we are to meditate on. Because when we're struggling, when, when we don't know how to have faith, how do you, like, how do you learn how to have faith if you don't know how? If you, if you, how do you know how to do anything that you don't know how? You ask someone who's done it before. But what if that person who's done it before isn't perfect? Who's the best person to ask? The person who created it, the person who founded it, right? So look to who? Jesus, who's the founder. Other translation is the author, the pioneer of our faith. If there's anyone who could teach us what faith is, is who? It's Christ. He's the one who had faith even though he had to endure the cross, even though he had despised the shame, even though he endured hostility from sinners. He lived it out. And it's because he did these things, verse 3b, it says, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. This is where even though we're we're weary, we're, we're tired, we're, we're struggling. It's by looking to Jesus that will allow us to endure and run the race. And some of us are, are like, yes, this makes sense. You know, like, uh, I see someone else who is enduring way much more pain, way much more suffering, way much more challenge than I have, and that encourages me, right? Like, let's say you uh, you watch this documentary and you see this person who... Like over, I, 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 uh, I, I saw like a news report of this person who was like paralyzed from the half waist down. He ran a marathon. It took him 34 hours, but he ran a marathon. He was paralyzed. He, he had some like robotic prosthetic things to help him. You know, it was like, someone was like, wow, I'm so inspired. I want to go run a marathon right now. 
Most of us are not like that. <laughs> Some of us are like, I don't care. Like, that's Christ. He's God. Of course he can endure those kind of things. That doesn't encourage me at all. How is that encouraging at all? Like, the, 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 of course I cannot stand up to the pain that he endured. Because I'm weak. I'm, I'm struggling, God. I can't take any more. Some of us were in that way. But what we don't realize is the way that Christ encourages us is that his example of suffering, it communicates us to us two things. Looking to Jesus means seeing these two things. It means it could have been much worse and it will get much better. When we look to Jesus, our first instinct is to look to our own pain, or look to our own struggle, look to our own trials. And we're like, God, I can't handle it anymore. Like, I don't care how much you suffered. My suffering is hard. But what if he told you, you know what? That could have been you. The things I bore, that could have been you. Forget the pain that you're going through. It could have been much, much, much worse. Like you think you're hungry right now? You think you're in pain right now? You think you're suffering right now? It could have been much worse. And, and you think that your pain is unbearable and that you're not going anywhere? You know what? It's going to get better. Because Jesus is the perfecter of our faith. He's the one who gives us the hope that it's going to be better. He's the one who says... You know what? Even though it's painful in this moment that there's going to be hope because he rose from the grave. He's the perfecter of our faith. I was, I was, uh, like, I uh, took half the day off this afternoon. Um, I was just preparing for the message. And uh, for whatever reason, I decided to go running. And, uh, like, this is while I'm fasting, right? So I don't, I don't know why, but, you know, I committed because I'm doing, just doing one meal a day. I said, okay, during the evening meal, dinner time, Instead of, like, eating, I'm going to pray. But, like, usually I like to run while I pray. So, okay, uh, let's run while I pray. And so I'm running there, and I'm, like, praying, and I'm just getting frustrated because, like, God, I don't know where you're at. I feel like, you know, this week has been so hard. There have been so many things in my life where I just feel unsatisfied by and I feel upset about. And, God, like, would you just, like, take it away from me because I cannot stand it anymore. And then as I'm running on this treadmill, like, uh, in, in the room that I have a, tre- I don't have a treadmill, but my building has a treadmill. And like, I like to, I like to run on the same treadmill every single time. And it's, uh, has this wall. It's like a white wall, but it, you know, it's like some white walls are like textured. So there's like these little marks on the wall that go like horizontally. And if you have like that, uh, some of you have that weird phobia where like, there's like a little, a lot of little things put together. It's like really freaky. It's kind of like that, like a little, little, little lines put together. And so, like, I'm staring at this wall running. I'm trying to pray, and I'm like, God, like, take this away. And, and like, all of a sudden, like, I see, like, this combination of those little squiggly lines. I see them form a cross. And I was, like, freaked out. I was like, what's going on? And, like, am I hallucinating, you know, because I'm not eating enough? And, like, maybe this is really not good for my health, and I shouldn't be running while I'm fasting. But anyways, I start seeing a cross, and I'm like, God, is this you speaking to me? Like, what do you want, you know, like? And then, like, I'm, like, looking at the cross, and it, like, disappears. And I'm like, what was that? You know, it's, like, so weird. 
And I'm like, what does this mean? Like, am I supposed to? Because I, I was like, also like rehearsing the message in my mind. I was like, is this what looking to Jesus is like? <laughs> like, I'm looking at running. I'm like looking at Jesus. I see the cross. And I'm like, I don't know. And then I realized, um, oh, what does this mean? God, what does this mean? And I realized, okay, Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Okay, that's true, but it doesn't help my situation. But then God just reminded me of another verse. Not only did Jesus die on the cross, but I realized in another part of the Bible it says, oh, I ought to also carry my cross. And I'm like, God, I don't want to carry my cross right now. It's too hard. It's too heavy. I, I, I feel like it's, I'm just going to collapse. I'm like, God, I, like, what if I just let go of everything and I just try to do my own thing? And then God was like, you know, I'm not done with you yet. And he reminded me of another verse. He says, um, for whoever would want to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses my life for your, for my sake will, will find it. And I just at that moment, I was like, oh man, like, wow, that was, I don't know, it was just a little, it was just really, really small moment, but it was such a perspective shift where I was focusing on the cross, hallucinating or whatever, maybe it was God, Holy Spirit, like moving, messing with my eyes. But anyways, I was focusing on the cross, scripture just came to mind. I don't know, it just changed my perspective. You know what, God? I realized, you know, I need to die to myself. Not because I'm able to, not because I'm strong enough, not because, like, I somehow have all the energy and all the strength, but because I know and I believe and I'm looking toward you and I see your cross and I remember your word, and in your word says, I'm to carry my cross. My cross, the reason why I'm to carry it is not because I'm so strong enough, it's because if I am trying to save my life, I'm going to lose it. But it's only when I'm willing to lose my life am I going to find it. It's only when I count my life as nothing. That's when I'm going to real find real hope, real joy, real freedom, real relationship with Christ. And I'm wondering how many of us, we haven't been looking to Jesus. We've been looking to ourselves. We've been looking at our own strength, our own ability, our own tenacity. And we've seen nothing but hopelessness. My challenge is, why don't we look to Christ more than anything else? Because Christ is the one who gives us the strength. Christ is the one who gives us everything we need. He is the founder and perfecter of our faith. He is the one who gives us faith, who teaches us what it means to have faith. So we fast by faith, looking to Jesus. Lastly, with God our Father. Let's finish and read verses 5 to 11. It says, And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by Him. For the Lord disciplines the ones He loves and chastises every son whom He receives. It is for discipline you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness." For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. The author, when he 
as he's closing out this section of this passage, he quotes Proverbs 3, 11 to 12. He's talking about the discipline of the Lord and how the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. And uh, when we read this passage, we, we, when we look at the word sons, it refers to just his children in general, so both sons and daughters. And I don't need to go much into it. It's pretty self-explanatory. God is pretty much saying, you know what? When you get disciplined, it's because God is treating you as a child. The reason why God disciplines you is because He loves you. If He didn't discipline you, or if your parents didn't discipline you, that means what? It means they don't love you. And it's for your good. And sometimes... We know in hindsight, right? Like as children, all of us, we probably really didn't like our parents' discipline. We ran away from it. You know, we, we like, I don't know if you were like me, but I like ran away from home at one point because I thought my parents were so unfair. Like, can't believe you like do these things to me. You know, like they're disciplining me. Like, you know, I was so upset, so mad. But there's somewhere along in the maturity as you grow up and you become more mature and you realize, wow, Everything that they did, and maybe not everything because our parents are not perfect and some of us, we, we don't have perfect parents. Some of our parents have been very selfish or very abusive in many ways, so I'm not generalizing to say all parents. But for many of us, we realize that the most things that our parents did for us is because they really genuinely loved us, because they genuinely cared for us. They wanted the best for us. And so this author is saying, yes, if your earthly parents disciplined you and you realize that it was good for you, it was because they loved you, how much more will your Father in heaven love you and discipline you? I want to read the verse 11 in the Amplified. It says, For the time being, no discipline brings joy, but seems sad and painful. Yet to those who have been trained by it afterward, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness, right standing with God, and a lifestyle and an attitude that seems, seeks conformity to God's will and His purpose. There's no discipline. I mean, unless you're a, a sadomasochistic person, right? You, I love discipline! Please punish me! You know, I, I don't know how many of you are out there. Um, a little weird, but... None of us, we like it. It doesn't bring joy. Like, we don't like, oh, yes, I'm excited to get disciplined. It's sad. It's painful in the moment. And that's what many of us during this fast we're going through right now. And we don't even realize it. But later, what we're going to do is realize it. You know what? Because it's God trying to help us because He wants us to be right standing with us, with Him. He wants us to have the peaceful fruit of righteousness, right standing with God, a lifestyle and an attitude that seeks conformity to God's will and His purpose. This is what running the race set before us is about. This is what God had in mind. Like we, Some of us, we entered in this fast thinking it's all about the decisions I have to make. It's all about my future. It's all about like my, my uh, internship. It's all about my... Uh, decision about missions it's all about my family that's struggling right now it's all about like my work that's so hard right now it's all about my family like kids that i'm struggling with i don't know i'm just asking just wanting to get answers it's all about my deepening of my relationship with god which are not bad things 
But I'm wondering if some of us were missing the point. That really what this fast is about is gaining God's eternal perspective. It's really about gaining God's eternal perspective. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about understanding God's heart, His attitude, His will, His purposes more than anything else. I'm wondering if how many of us, you know, when we pray, we pray for that one other person that we want to come to know Christ. How many of us were praying for not just the bold vision because it's the bold vision and it's such a cool vision, you know? But how many of us were praying for the bold vision because we really believe that God wants us to get to this place so that we can reach more people, so that more people can experience the love of Jesus Christ? in an unselfish way. You know what? We want others to know Jesus Christ just as we have. And that's what's going to help us get there. How many of us were praying for facility really because, oh, like, I can't wait until I don't have to move equipment anymore. Or I can't wait until, <laughs> I, I can't wait until my kids, like, don't have to be in this little corner, little, like, it's like a one meter by one meter, like, room, bo- it's like a box, actually. It's not a room, it's a box. You know, not that, that I, I praise God, we want to have amazing facilities for our kids, you know, but for how many of us, it's more about us, less about God and what he wants us to experience. Like, how many of us, you know, we're like, you know what, God, give us a facility so that we can invite the nations into it so that they can experience God. Let's pray for things outside of ourselves. And let's make this fast with God our Father, less about us, but more about God disciplining us so that we can have His perspective. Okay, so again, the way that we're going to go through this fast in the last six days is what? By faith, looking to Jesus with God our Father. Thank you for listening to the Harvest Mission Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit our website at hongkong.hmcc.net.